Loser, loser, loser. Yo, yo, what's cracking? What's popping? What's good? Welcome to a special edition, another special edition of the Losers Podcast in the building. Your boy is here, Southside Vale is in the building. My boy, no shirt to die. What's good? He's in the building. What's happening, man? Y'all know who the fuck we get on the motherfucking joint, man. <laughs> Inglewood, Southside, yes, Chicago in the building, man. What's happening? Yes, sir. Round of applause, my boy Barry Brewer in the building. What's good, brother? Thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me on, man. Absolutely. It's definitely a pleasure, man, and a humbling experience, man, being on this podcast, this platform with you. But let's just address this real quick, though. So on your stand-up, right, Chicago alone, right, you know what I'm saying? You you kicked it off like, yeah, man, from Inglewood, you know what I'm saying? What's up, Isaac, you know what I'm saying? So, (laughs) you know, I can't make that up. You said that. You said that. So, so, you know, people like, I was like, I know him. You know, black folks, how we are. I know him. He said my name. We know each other. You know what I'm saying? They like, nah, nigga, you don't. What else, uh, Isaac, in Chicago, you know? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just want to let people know, like, man, come off the record and be like, man, tell people that you was talking to me in the crowd. I was definitely talking to you. That's it. That's it. it. See, y'all heard it first. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it first, though. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, yeah. sir. That was that was that was that was great to see. Uh, we like we said we got uh the brother Barry Brewer in the building, South Side of Chicago. We all from the South Side in the building. You know, I got the the whole South Side Veil moniker going and stuff. Like I'm just South Side crazy. Okay, man. Yes, sir. So uh, we was really excited to see your stand up and stuff, man. Tell us about it, man. Like how how did everything come about, man? Like it, it was wonderful man. to see. Man. man, first of all, thanks for asking, bro. Uh. Chicago on Home, man, being my first stand-up special, starting starting comedy right where it all started, in Chicago. Absolutely. <laughs> so, what was that? 17 years later, I had my opportunity. I felt like I was ready to uh, to do my first special, man. I felt like I had something to say. I felt like I had matured. I had put my work in on the stage that I was ready to do something, you know, leave my mark in the stand-up world. You know, I want to preferably sit next to the greats, the Richards, mm-hmm. the Bill Cosby's, the yeah. Fred Fox, the Martins, uh-huh. Eddie yeah. Murphy's of the world. <clears throat> so, you know, I got a lot more to do, but um, I, I had that vision. I started to put the pieces together. I believed that I could do it. I didn't have no big company or network behind me like most comics do and not knocking that because I think that's a blessing, you know, to have people. But you also can't allow that to stagnate you if you believe you're ready. You got to sit there and believe in yourself and put the work in and put the pieces together. And that's what I did. Um, so I was blessed to get all of that going, man, and put that show on at the Studebaker Theater downtown Chicago on 4th and Michigan. So a South Side yeah. from Inglewood, never really going downtown to see it. Like my first time seeing <laughs> the Tower, now Willis Tower, is when I was in eighth grade on a field trip. And then I had never went back until a grown man. I took my manager downtown to see, you know, uh, downtown and stuff like that. So being able to just feel like you've made it, you know, and it wasn't made it in in what I think making it is because I I have a lot, you know, more that I'm aspiring to. But to see where I come from, to see how I how to be able to do a show at a at a theater downtown Chicago and your name is on the marquee and thousands of people coming out for one show to see you one person stand on stage was such a, a blessing you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. A blessing and then for it to come out and be 
it premiered on the CW network and all around the country, and then it'd be on Amazon and BZ Plus. And mm-hmm. to see something that you had in your mind, you put it out, and then the world got to see it. It's just, it's surreal for sure. And it's a blessing and it's humbling. It really just proves to me that dreams come true. Yeah, and yep. if you really believe in something, if you really have dreams, you're going to go through some challenges, you know, even where you all at, like, building the podcast. Like, man, we want to have, we want to be on um, the breakfast club. We want to be able to be that yeah. level. Understand right. that. Yeah. This is where it all starts. Like, you putting yeah. this together, reaching out to people. Hey, bro, I, like, this is where this starts, you know. And so for me, it started someplace in that, that special coming and being able to be where it is was like, mm-hmm. These things are, you can get to it if you continue to believe. And that was 17 years in the stand-up game. Yeah. Um, I remember wanting to do my special, and I always said I would do my special in Chicago, my first yeah. special that I was able to bring it to home. That's why I called it Chicago, I'm home. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's great, man. That just warmed me up, man. You need an Oscar for that motivation speech right there. We just getting warmed up. Hell yeah, that's beautiful, man. So so speaking of motivation, I saw that you have been on your own since you were 17, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so and then then you went ahead and pursued on to LA when you were about 21. If that yeah. is correct, right? So, so right. tell us what that experience was like. You know, being on the streets at seventeen alone. You know, I couldn't even imagine that. You know, man. You know what's crazy? It didn't feel like I always was sad. My mm. grandfather was somebody who looked out for me early on. He died when I was thirteen. Man. My mom mm. was going through a lot of challenges, as she did. You know, the best she could, and I always appreciate that. My mom always did, but you know, I had her challenges. So, being seventeen, being on my own, bro, was really just surviving you know i wasn't even thinking about it you didn't really have enough time to really think about your state and to be sad or to be you know moping around oh man i you know i just always had an optimistic spirit and attitude like i'm gonna get it i'm gonna make it whatever that is so i never really you know looked at it from a negative aspect i never really moped in my moment i just was always trying to be something great and i believed i could be if i working and I think that however I got that understanding I believed it with everything in me so I transferred myself from Gage Park to Thorn Ridge my last year of school so I could graduate on time <laughs> you, needed, you needed less credits in the suburbs than you did in the city yeah right yeah, and yeah. I missed a lot of my lat of my junior year of high school because I was moving around living at different places like I had moved with my cousin she let me rent out and sleep on her couch when I was in junior year. She lived by the United Center, and I was going to school at Gage Park, which is on the south side. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, so I was traveling back and forth, and I had nobody tell me to go to school or nothing, and I didn't know. So I sometimes I just get up, I ain't go. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, you know what I mean? Like, learning that and then still wanting – I was around people like Vince, my cousin Vince, yeah. who – was still doing things and going to school. So I didn't want to be the only one not graduating. So that was my motivation to yeah. at least graduate high school. So I was like, oh man, let me transfer. You know, just being on that, I don't want to say the uh, a hood mentality, but like, how can yeah. I get around it? You know what I mean? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That's I just mean, the hustle in you. Yeah. yeah. So like what, from that, from just being, you know, going to Thorn Ridge, whatever case might be, what? inspired you to be like, man, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do the modeling, I'm going to do acting. What made you be like, man, fuck it, like, was people in high school telling you, like, man, Bear, you a funny-ass motherfucker, you know what I'm saying, you should do stand-up, yeah. or, or you just I like, always, fuck it. Yeah, no, so, high school, I was funny in high school, but I wasn't, like, 
people would say I was funny for sure, but I wasn't always on. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh-huh. So it was right after high school that this dude it was in his church choir. Uh, this dude named Andrew. He a DJ now. He like a big DJ in uh in Chicago. Oh, uh, for real, for real. What's his DJ <laughs> name? It's Andrew Borders. That's his name. <laughs> okay. He like he name. like one of the main dudes that be on the, in Chicago. He one of the main DJs. He used to be a choir director. Like he used to be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to him, man. We love him. He wasn't a choir director and nothing like that either. He was right. a dude. He could sing. I mean, he yeah. could really. Sing. He wrote songs and everything. He had his own group. And he's like, bro, I was working with him and this dude named Jason Miller, who's another choir director. He moved to Dallas. He's a great a great guy, too. But I was playing the drums, me and Vince. Me and Vince, I was playing drums. Vince was playing the organ, which is my cousin. And I'm always goofy. I'm always making everybody laugh. And this dude, like, we should do some jokes for the concert. Now, mind you, I always love Martin Lawrence. I always love to laugh. I always love entertainment. Yeah. I knew I liked him, but I didn't know I was liking all that he was and what he did. So he was like, man, you should do some jokes. And I had a year before that tried to do some jokes with my girlfriend and Vince. And he's like, nah, you ain't that funny. That was a year before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like being funny just in the moment and then yeah, telling yeah, okay, yeah. we'll be a queen. They'd be like, all right, do some jokes. Now nah, that's a whole different <laughs> Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Now it's like we're expecting it. And it ain't, and ain't nothing to play off of. You got to bring some material. Uh-huh. People don't understand comedy is different than just being goofy. You got to have something to say. Yeah. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? So anyway, long story short, I got asked that again this 19 at 19 for this concert. I did the concert. I was nervous as heck. I was like, God, if I ain't meant to do this, I won't ever get back up here again. If I am, let me do good. I got yeah. a standing ovation my first time doing stand-up. It was in church. It was yeah. at Christ Star, Church of God in Christ, Pastor yeah. Chris Hayes. Yeah, okay. Shout out, to Shout out to them on 44th and Cottage. And I felt like, I always say this, and this is the truth. I felt like I found something I didn't know I was looking for. Because yeah. yeah. you know when you're at 19, you're trying to figure it out. You're like, man, what am I going to do in life? Am uh-huh. I going to go to school? Am I going to get a trade? Am I going to get a job? Like I, I was thinking survival, so it was always about what can I do real quick to get to make some money to sustain myself. Yeah. So um, when I did comedy, bro, and I saw I had a good a gift at it. Yeah. Uh, the sky was the limit. I was like, oh, I'm finna do this. This is I'm good at this. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna like, be Martin. Yeah. <laughs> man, it's crazy you say that, man, because you know Vale can tell you or any uh, my close friends to tell you like everything that I mimic is. Martin, Martin or Bernie Mac, you know what I'm saying? Hey, like this is a Martin supported yeah, podcast. Yeah, like I mean, we love Martin Lawrence here. Like, Martin, 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 Martin. Just, just the <laughs> shit that you feed off of, you know. And I was talking to Stephanie, she was like, "Man, you know he you he met Martin." And I was like, "Man, you know I probably would have fainted meeting him." So what was that? <laughs> so shit, you meet Martin, man. Like shit, I know. Like a funny story. Yes, that's exactly how. <laughs> and I met a lot of celebrities, and I never was like really uh like uh what they call it. Starstruck. Starstruck. Yeah. That's yeah. I was never starstruck. I was starstruck doing Rihanna. Me too. Yeah. I met Rihanna. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. What's she hey. smell like, bro? You gotta tell us what she smelled hey. like. <laughs> <laughs> no care. She smelled like weed when I smelled it. But that's, not- <laughs> that's my kind of girl right there. <laughs> Hey, she won right there. Like, that's my kind of chick, you know? <laughs> I was working uh, the uh, dressing rooms, and I was 
able to be at her um, her dress rehearsal. And I met her, I met Frank Ocean there, I met Two Chain that day. Kevin Hart was hosting, so I got to kind of be around. Yeah. Because um, when I moved to LA, Kevin Hart was just regular guy, so I used to see Kevin yeah. all the time. Yeah. So Kevin, Tiffany, all of them was kind of like just we was all in the circle. But Martin, my boy Ron G is a comedian. Shout out to him. He's at the Improv. This night is D Ray's night at the Improv in Hollywood. My boy Ron G knows I love Martin. Anybody that knows me closely knows, you know, I'm a fan. Yeah. So Ron G texts me like, Martin Lawrence is up here right now. I'm at this chick house. I'm like, oh, I got to go. I'm out. <laughs> I, leave. Um, I leave. I'm young. I leave. I come straight up to the thing. I see him sitting there. He's about to get ready to leave. So I'm getting my whole spiel together because all I've ever wanted to do that I haven't gotten a chance was just to sit there and pick his brain and just yeah. and ask him questions, kind of how y'all asking me. Yeah. Um, like, it's no more about him. Like, man, so what, what was going on at this place when you did this show? Da, 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 yeah, da, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm planning on telling him, like, hey, is there an opportunity we can go sit down, have a bite to eat, and, ch- and talk about, you know, whatever. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to ask. You know, do you ever do this? So when he comes out, <laughs> I asked this nigga out on a date, bro. <laughs> 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 oh wow! <laughs> so I say, I say, I say, hey, I, I got caught up in my words. I said, hey, can I take you out to eat? Like I think that's how I came out. <laughs> it was the most. It was just not how I had planned it. And you know what was crazy? Everybody else looking crazy at me. Like, well, what? Why would you? Yeah. <laughs> listen, Martin Lawrence looked at me in the eyes, and he knew what I was going through. Like, he didn't judge me. He wasn't like, what? No, he wasn't like, that. He was like, you a comic? He knew it. He's like, oh, yeah. you a comic? He, I didn't even get to tell him I was a comic, right? Yeah. I said, like, yeah. He's like, oh, where you from? I'm like, I'm from Chicago. He's like, okay, cool. You've you been doing it for me? He's like, hey, so Sean is Nipsey. Nipsey from the show? Yeah. yeah. His name is Sean Lampkin. Yeah. Sean, oh, for real? Yes. God, damn, not that's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. crazy. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> So he said, Sean, put him on a show. Get him the information so he could try to uh, submit for uh, uh, First Amendment. It was this show that he was executive producing. Yeah. Sean gives me his number. Nipsey, I had Nipsey number. I lost it because he was super cool. I'd um, be like, Nipsey, you got some of them wings in the back, bro. Bring <laughs> yeah. I got Kenji number, too. Remember Kenji, the dude he be fighting with? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're talking about uh, Dragonfly Jones. His, uh, yeah, his assistant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his assistant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kenny's my guy. His name is Kenny. So Kenny still be doing stuff with, with Earthquake and things like that. So he actually, they got like a, a radio show on Kevin Hart Station. So Kenny's one of the producers of the show. Damn, so, wow. That's yeah, so, so he's still around. Everybody's still around. So anyway, this moment I meet Martin, the first moment I met him, man, he gave me an opportunity to submit for a show. And he shook my hand. We walked away. And my boy, Corey Fernandez, went to take a picture with him. And I took the picture for my boy, Corey. I was just so in awe. I didn't even get a picture. I was just like, yeah. a pleasure to meet him. So that was my moment and my only time I met Martin Lawrence. But uh, I pray that, you know, I get to meet him again at some point. And, you know, what I would like him to do is see my special and give me some feedback. That's what I would love. Because yeah, sure. yeah. I pattern my my feel and my style, you know, I, in my house right now, I have, uh, my, my, my billboard of my, um, of my special. Yeah. And then uh-huh. I have a billboard of you so crazy. Cause that's one of the specials that inspired me. So yeah, yeah. most definitely. Yeah, for that's sure. beautiful.
That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So um, speaking of Martin, I know you was, you was talked about Kevin Hart. Um, I know you yeah. did a lot of work with Kevin Hart and stuff. So was that the first time you met him when you were around Martin that night? So how did the, the Kevin Hart thing happen? Oh, man, I met Kevin way early on. I moved to L.A. in 04. So I met Kevin like when I moved out there because Kevin was around. Kevin yeah. is a regular guy like Kevin. And he still is a great guy, like real talk, like as big as Kevin has gotten. I see Kevin. It's all love. Kevin, what's up, Barry? Da, 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 da. He don't Damn. act nothing. Kevin's a real one, bro. Real yeah. talk. And um, so I used to hoop with Kevin. Like, it's Kevin, Chris Spencer, this dude named David Arnold, who's an amazing comic. Um, they all hoop. Pookie Wigington is Kevin's one of Kevin's managers who does the show called The Chocolate Sundays. And Pookie's a hooper. Pookie's okay. a producer. He produces a lot of stuff. And he, he's a basketball player. So he's Kevin's manager. So early on, I I love hooping, right? So early on as a comic, the comics will go hoop. So if you're a comic, you didn't you see all comics. You know, I see the Mike Epps and all of these people, because the comedy clubs in LA, everybody comes through there. Yeah. So um yeah, so I used to hoop around. We used to hoop and see each other at the clubs, perform all the time. So it was just like a normal thing to see Kevin and then Kevin's success blew up so that's how i met him early on though and i used to see kevin all the time i'm in an interview babe (laughs) (laughs) nostalgia yeah so yeah so um so yeah that was early on before kevin was kevin if you will he was working he wasn't huge yeah yeah one movies here and there along came polly he did in the mix with usher he had his own show on um a pilot on abc called the big house um, Kevin was working back in the day, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So Kevin was always working as an actor and he was always building his stand up. So obviously when he released, I'm a grown little man was when he really started to blow. Yeah. But that's before good. That. Yeah. I had met him and Cat Williams early on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cat. That's, that's, that's funny, man. They, they both hilarious legends in the game. Uh, most definitely. Yeah. So, uh, we know that you definitely headed that route, brother. So, um, I read that you said it's an honor to work with Tyler Perry, man. I would, yeah. I would definitely feel the same way, most definitely. Yeah, we, we big fans of his work for sure. So, uh, tell us how the, uh, how, how did the uh, Tyler Perry thing happen? How did, how did you man. start working with him? Man, it's just another testament to that's why I'm telling y'all believe in stuff like you don't know who watching y'all. Like, you yeah, just, yeah, yeah. So me and my boy Big Ja and my boy Minx, we did this sketch called "The Whole Crew Is Stupid." Yeah. So the sketch goes crazy. Apparently, I didn't notice that after I booked the show. Apparently, Tyler Perry sees it mm. somehow. He sees it. Tyler Perry reaches out to my manager and says, hey, I want to. Now, we don't know it's Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry had his people reach out yeah, and yeah. give an audition for the show he was making called Bruh. Because we look right. like the Like, we just all the guys, the fellas. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to disrespect Omega Sci-Fi, so I say the brothers sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, no, this, like you tell Vince, I am a, a member of Kappa Outside Fraternity. You know what I'm saying? So we say, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my little brother is is the brothers too. Jason, yeah. I don't know if I'm a little brother Jason. Nah, nah, I don't know Jason. Jim, Vince, Jermaine, Jamal, they all the brothers. So, um, so uh, and my uncle, uh, my whole family is Omega Sci-Fi. So, I'm 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 a GDI. Right. <laughs> I wear it proudly. Yeah. But um, 
I told them, I said, whoever at, gives me an honorary member, if it's the Alphas or the Kappas or whoever, I, I respect, I receive it. So anyway, um, yeah. just get out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so apparently he sees that he asks his people, Tyler Perry asks his people to reach out to us and give us um, roles to audition for. So they sent all the roles that was available. And we had to pick what role we thought would best fit us and audition for it. So I mm. picked that. And I went through the different channels auditioning for the uh, casting director, Kim Coleman. Then the next audition was uh, the producers and Tyler. Then I auditioned again for Tyler Perry and um, was blessed to get the role. And that's how I got it, bro. And then mm -hmm. uh, first day on set, Tyler Perry told me, have fun. Yeah. Fuck it. Easy. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, when, you, when you tell a comic to have fun, no, say less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just, like, going, like, who in the industry now, like, is it that, that actor or that actress that you're like, man, you know what, I want to work with them? Like, uh, whether it's a movie, whether it's a TV series, like, who is that one or two people that you got to work with? Like, man, I, you see yourself like, but this is going to be my shit. This going to be our shit. Goldberg is one of them. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, I see Tyler Perry doing the um, Sister Act 3, right? He did? He he produced a Sister Act three man that that was reported yesterday. <laughs> this might be the opportunity. <laughs> this the opportunity. Trying to get in it, hopefully, you know. Um, yeah, that and Jamie, Jamie Fox. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, that should be classic. And I, I got a chance classic. to work with Jamie on some music. Like I played for him in Atlanta, so I've had a few you know run-ins with Jamie. So. But hopefully to work with him on a, a film, like a real, like maybe action type of film, mm -hmm. action comedy, something like that. I would love to kind of work like that. Maybe That'd like be amazing. Little Brother, Big Brother, or, you know, Long Lost Son or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Long Lost Son. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, speaking of. Be down, I don't know. He's like, you know, you're my little brother. You ain't my son. Yeah, son. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, uh. Speaking of music, uh, you was just bringing up the music. I saw that uh, you you do play the piano, the organ, right? Yeah, I play piano and organ. I, I got my you... studio in the background. I don't know if you see it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Noticed. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. noticed. Uh, so you work with Brandy, Ray J, Tank, and some more people, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I used to really, and I shouldn't say used to, but uh, moving to LA, um, and I met Tank through Jamie um, in Atlanta. Oh, okay, uh, but yeah, being a musician and a songwriter, man, I really have found out I had a gift there. And so for a minute, I was really going hard on the music side. And I met mm. Ray J. Detroit. And then, um, yeah, man, I got to really uh, work real tough with them, submitted some records to Brandy, uh, work with, I was supposed to play for um, Ray J a lot. We was working on stuff when he was doing on One Wish. When that record came out, I was really hanging tough. I was supposed to perform with him on um, – uh, 106 in Park to play live. Oh, wow. Damn, record. that's crazy. Uh, when he did For the Love of Ray J, I did some music for that show. Oh, um, and um, yeah, just we're working with Tank was just more so him, big brother and me, man, bringing me around the studio, showing me some stuff, giving me some advice some pointers on mixing and things like that. Like just, you know, giving mm -hmm. me some advice when it, when it, you know, when it, when I asked. So yeah, yeah you know, so every time I see him, it's always like love because he always like looked out when I, you know, just reached out to him. 
Hey, that's why it's important to have those connections, man. That's what I'm hearing a lot from this, from your story. Like, you just knew a lot of people uh-huh. you got out there. That hustle, man, that's yeah. that south side in you, man. Yeah. Man, and, and you know what? It is great to know people, man, but you got people. I think the most important thing from my story is just that I didn't wait for people to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I, you get opportunities like to eat in order to have gotten in, in the in the circle or in the in the eye line of Tyler Perry, it was like, it was the sketches I did. You know, right. I didn't people play. It was because I produced my own film and Robbie Reed, who's a big casting director, got to see it. And then I got the opportunity from that. You mm-hmm. know, meeting Tank and Jamie, I flew myself out to Atlanta to do this thing called New Faces and was me chasing my dreams. And then Jamie heard me playing the piano and then said, hey, come play. And then I got to meet Tank like that. It was me going on my yeah. own moment. I'm gonna show you how I met Ray J. I was left LA. Boy, Brandon T. Jackson couldn't do this movie because he booked his first movie with um, um, his first movie was a uh, roll bounce. So yeah. he could, so he couldn't do. That was one of my close friends when I first started. So he couldn't do this little independent film. So he told the director about me. So I flew myself to Detroit to do this short film, and that's how I met Ray J. And then when I came back to LA, that's how I networked with him. So everything yeah. I met yeah. these people like very unorthodox and it wasn't just like you know what i mean it was me doing something to help myself get to what i believe was for me and then during that process i kind of connected with these people and that was a blessing along the way for sure so i always want to say that because people be like man i want to do this i want to do that but i don't got the connections yeah people stop and stagnant about trying to chase their dreams and i don't want you to think that you need these people or any of the things outside everything you need to get to where you're going you already have you just got to utilize it may seem minimum, may not seem like a big thing, but if yeah. you work the thing, I'm telling you, it'll open up doors. So, since we talking about short films, right? So, when you start working on yours, right, and you need people to come in and play a certain role, <laughs> yeah, man, just call me. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm down the street. I'll fly. I'm probably going to have to take since some smoke signals because I can't just be getting on the plane with all this coronavirus and shit like that. <laughs> I, I can't fuck around though. But yeah, are you like what's next? What's like up next for you? What's on the, what's on deck? Like are you working on something? Mm. Uh, right now I'm editing <laughs> right in front of me in this computer. I'm editing a show I wrote called Jack and Jill for this new platform called Black Oak TV. Um yeah. in, in January. Um the second season of Bruh is coming out next spring. Yes, and sir. Um, preferably, I'll be filming uh, the second season of uh, Games People Play um, mm-hmm. in February. Mm-hmm. And preferably, man, I get a feature film. You know, that's where I re- really I want to live at, you know, mm-hmm. killing feature films. And hopefully, you know, get back on stage and be working on this second stand-up special. Yeah. Trying to, trying to get the next one going. Oh, yeah. Hey, blessings. For that, for sure, for sure. Blessings. So how has the, speaking of the coronavirus, how has that affected you? Has it has it slowed down working? At all, yeah, any, definitely. Yeah, any. <laughs> I make sure I can't go nowhere. You know, that's all it is. Right. is a lot of performances. So what I've been trying to do is just really build my 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 internet, my social media platforms with uh-huh. sketches and content. So that's how I've been pushing it and trying to do other projects independently, which you can do. Yeah, just trying to build in a in the space you can be. You know, I'm I'm a person that tries to stay focused on the big picture and not really focus on the things I can't control even when they're negative on my side I try to stay focused and mm-hmm. that's my that's one of my main things so people are like man how does it affect you like I don't I, I'm not focused on that how is yeah. it negatively I'm focused on what I can do and be productive so 
that when it's all over, man, I'm I'm still going. I'm still moving. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so one last thing I wanted to talk about. Uh for the for the kids, I know you talked about when you were out there on your own at 17, you were sad, you know. So uh this podcast is real big on the mental health. Uh, side of life pretty much so we just want you to just like give some positive words for people out there you know who might be trying to get into comedy or might be out there on the streets might be out here just sad who just need a little light in the times of you know the holidays and stuff going on just something you know what i'm saying yeah (laughs) and first of all thank you for like bringing that up man because i hope that this is what this is about it's about inspiring people i hope people can look at anything i've done in a positive way if anybody looks at my life like oh man that's dope i would love to be doing that or whatever Uh (laughs) understand that it was a journey i think that i want to tell people that it's going through any any moment in their life that life is a journey and what does Mm -hmm. that mean it means that there's going to be moments in life where you're going to be sad that you're going to be discouraged and things are not going to work out the way you want them to that you're going to have unfortunate circumstances like sometimes people feel like they didn't give a get a fair shot you know why my mama had to be like this or why my daddy had to be like this or why this had to happen to me or why that person said that or did that to me or uh, the mistake i even made and why i make that mistake and that and that weighs on them and all of these different things that can really get you mentally out of place and out of focus i want you to understand that life gets better that this scripture is the thing that reminds me of in my life right now it says the race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but the one that endureth to the end. And so what I take from that is just that I got to endure that even though I may be feeling how I'm feeling today, that, that there's a brighter day ahead that life so. is better, that things don't always have to be like this. I just got to get through this. Like, yeah. like I know I'm hurting. I know I'm crying. I know I'm feeling this pain, mm-hmm. whatever's going on. Like, I just got to get through it. I can't give up. I can't throw in the towel. I can't take my life. I can't quit. I just got to keep going. And I'm going to get to all the things I really want for myself. If I can remain believing in that, no matter what's going on, I'm going to get to it. Like, I really yeah. want you to know that. And I think sometimes people, but you don't know, man, you don't understand my struggle, bro. Da, 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 da. And they'll mm-hmm. go into the specifics of whatever's going on in that life. Mm-hmm. And you might be feeling that these people out there in the, in the world right now watching this, you might be feeling like, but you don't understand my, my story different. My, but it's not. Pain is pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trouble right. is trouble. Your heartache is somebody, heartache is heartache. Disappointment is disappointment. You can put a story to each and every one of these feelings, but yeah. somebody's feeling it. And it's about how you get through that to get to your dreams. It's that's why it says the race is not given to the swift nor the strong. So it don't matter about the one that saw he's sharp. If he can't endure, he ain't yeah. gonna make it. If he yeah. it don't matter how fresh you is, don't matter how much money you got, it don't matter what platform you got and how many followers you got, it don't matter. None of the things that seem to matter in this world, like how good you look, all the things, the money, the fame, the fortune. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you endure when life kicks you in the ass? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, li- literally. I, yeah. I was reading something like, oh no, it's crazy that we're talking about mental health. Um, went to school, got a bachelor's in social work. I still, right now, I work in a, a mental health facility now. Um, and I preach to kids all the time, like, man, you know, it's we all got trauma. We all living with shit. Shit, as a black man, we dealing with the shit every day. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And it's, I was reading on, on the source, it was saying that um, the proceedings that came from, you know, Chicago, I'm home, went to Chicago, Chicago public schools. And you know, that's big, you know what I mean? Between you and Chance that 
donated the, the millions of dollars to go into public schools. Like, man, that's, I'm helping your mental health. You know, I'm keeping your kid yeah. in school. I'm, I'm, I'm help funding this whack ass public school system. Cause we all know that Chicago, <laughs> the school system is fucking terrible. You know what I'm saying? So you can't be encouraged. You can't be encouraged. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get that out, man. You know, but you know, it's it is a great I'm thing that they, somebody, I'm trying to help your stupid ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Literally, I mean that's your tough. Let's, let's call it tough. Let's call it tough love. <laughs> I guess you know, no man, it, you know, it, it's all about understanding you gotta get through it. And that's what I would tell the young people. It's not about you're specific. You gotta get through it. You gotta see how do you stay optimistic? How do you stay hopeful? Mm-hmm. How do you stay keeping the faith and the belief in your dreams despite what life may throw your way? You'll find out that that is the key to life, mm-hmm. and that life is that. You know why I have to go through this? Why? Why me? Like you'll learn day by day, but understanding that that's just the journey that sometimes life it takes mm-hmm. for you. It's just your journey, you know. And I, I mean, I go through because mental health is serious, and I think mental health really deals with people's life experiences and how it affects them. How sometimes they're not able to bring closure to mm-hmm. it. People don't understand why life is. People has been molested and raped and and yeah. murders in front of them and and all of the different life things and it's brought them to this mental space because they didn't know how to cope they didn't know how to deal with that moment and Uh and we got to be the voices to encourage them to see how to deal with it so that they can heal from it and push through and be able to encourage and help somebody else that may have thought and went through that you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so i hope that you all understand if i if you don't remember nothing just endurance and what endurance is is being able to stay focused and encouraged on the dreams and the big picture ahead of you things you want and don't allow your moment of uh, of of emotions to dictate the life for you allow understand that that's temporary and don't ever make a permanent decision about a feeling or a moment that's temporary cuz bad moments are temporary life yeah. gets for sure. Absolutely. Hey, that's beautiful, yeah, man. We give that a round of applause, yeah, yeah. man. We ending that on a beautiful note, man. For sure, for sure. Hey, like you said, like we said, man, we, we really appreciate Barry Brewer for, for joining the show this week, man. Southside Fielder, man. Thank you so much, brother. For sure. All day. Hey, Isaac Lovell, appreciate y'all, man. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. It's a humbling experience, my dog. Yes, sir. <laughs> Southside Vail, we in the doors, baby. Is <laughs> in a bit of no trying. Let's get it. Thank you for listening. Loser, loser, loser.